right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast. Solly here from, uh, not from the Kill House, from the Kill House West uh, in Jacksonville. We have Big Randy out in the mountain time zone. Hello, Big Randy. Good evening, Solly. Thanks for having me on your program. Neil is here as well, also from the mountain time zone uh, on this evening. Neil, hello. The Strap Boys are out west, baby. We're going to be reunited. Got an event out here and some other fun stuff going on this week. Happy to be back in mountain time. I'm excited to finally be podcasting a clean two hours after we were scheduled to go on the air after the longest playoff I've ever witnessed, I think. And what they did, what they just called one of the great shows of our time, which, listen, I would personally categorize it a little bit differently. 15 pars and a birdie a little differently than that. But uh, yeah, I wasn't planning on doing a whole lot of Traveler stuff today. And I feel like I watched, I got my full PGA Tour fix today. I could tell you a lot about the 18th hole if, if you need to know anything. <laughs> and 17th. Got it. Well, I got a pretty good idea of what's going on on that hole. <laughs> what do you think they should do off the tee? Do you think they should hit driver, or do you think they should hit driver? Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the way the balls bounce down from the right. I mean, pretty, pretty stress-free shot there. And that that putt, it just doesn't break as much. You know, the one down the hill, late. it does. It doesn't no, move right. It doesn't. It move doesn't right. move right as much as you, you think. Uh, before we get in too deep, uh, our friends at Callaway want. Uh, us to give ourselves a shout out, I think they and I want to give them a shout out for supporting a piece of our content called Film Room. Uh, shout outs all around, yeah. If you don't uh follow us on YouTube or subscribe to us on YouTube, uh, please do that. If you don't know that we're more than just a podcast, uh, we do a lot, a lot of video stuff. One of the subjects we did this year is uh, something called Film Room, kind of based it a little bit off Gruden's QB, QB camp, QB room, whatever that's called on ESPN, just filming, doing some kind of concept, filming a round of golf and, and getting around a table and talking about it with a different goal, a different concept. We've released two of them so far. We did DJ Pie did one uh, where he removed all the flags and just aimed for the center of the green to see how that would affect his game. Uh, and then we did mine, which was my U.S. Open local qualifier. We brought in Justin Huber to talk through, uh, uh, with a lot of experience at, uh, at a lot of different 18-hole qualifiers to talk through mentality and all that stuff. It's been very well received, and uh, I want to give a thanks to Callaway and the friends at Callaway Golf for uh, for sponsoring this this series and to encourage uh, viewers and listeners to go check that out on our YouTube channel. So, good uh, shout out to Gruden there too. My, my film right. room's coming up. I'll be running the spider through Y banana, throwing the backside Venus baby. <laughs> Let's go, Tarico. I, I really this like guy. this guy. You know, Schuster <laughs> tends to airmail Green's character issues like that. <laughs> Uh, all right, I uh, we got. Let's start KPMG Women's PGA. Nelly Corda has won her first major at the age of 22. Neil and I spent a good amount of time this past week at Atlanta Athletic Club. Uh, I'm going to go to Randy first here, just as our our resident LPJ expert, if I may say. Uh, just give you the floor to apologize. Well, I, this is so disgusting. Oh, I, th- I have nothing to apologize for. My my Nelly takes have been well thought out they've been reasoned they've been perfect if i oh, might say so perfect. myself what would, che- what would what would the reader's digest version be of of the takes from from past weeks i had concerns that she wasn't winning a major i i have said it's time uh i said there are hints just notes you know maybe more on the back you know late notes like you're drinking a, a glass of wine 
I didn't want her to turn it into maybe like a Ricky or somebody that, you know, it was time to put a major on the board and she did it today, this week, uh, a true coronation. I, this is disgusting slander, Solly. I feel like you've, you've put her close to being on her deathbed at the age of Yeah, 22. many people were saying you were already eulogizing her, which is, which is tough for you, big guy. <laughs> which <laughs> I didn't hear you use the word deathbed anywhere in that apology, and you didn't apologize. And so. I think that word was used because she was the. There was no death watch. Uh, and first of all, I'll have everybody know you can't be put on a death watch if you've never won a major like that. The, it just doesn't happen like that. So because you were never born to begin with. Exactly. Exactly. So Fair the insinuations enough. are are total garbage. I I am so far above the fold on this. Uh, really, I've been a thought leader when it comes to Nelly. I think so. Well, I, I I don't think you got sucked into the hype. You you wanted to see it. You wanted to see the proof. Is kind of what you're what you're trying to argue now. Well, a little bit, yeah, yeah. You know, she is mega. This was the coming out party that everybody was hoping for, uh, was expecting, which is a little unfair. But when you're that talented and you flash that much potential, I, I think it's you know it's natural for people to all right, let's see it on the biggest stage. Let's win a major and let's get this career really rocking and um i i'm just thrilled for her for women's golf like uh, you know i've talked to beth ann nichols multiple times over the last couple of years uh, american golf has been star uh, starved for a superstar that that they can really market around you know probably nobody since michelle Wee west um ha has has an american female golfer just been at the forefront of a lot of the general public's mind and i think nelly Corda is not there yet but i think she has a ton of look for us to market around and really really build the game and draw new fans new eyeballs uh into the sport so i i, I think it's it, it's a great great day for women's golf in my opinion and I, i'm excited too randy because i want to first say that it was never a good excuse or reason not to to tune in but no longer do lazy fans have the excuse that, hey, it's just the Asian players that are dominating this game now because the 22-year-old blonde American girl just is now the number one player in the world and just won a major by three and was nine clear of third place, right? So if that was the excuse you were using to not watch women's golf or reasoning you were using, now you no longer have that. And I'm, I hope that that stereotype uh, you know, falls down completely. That It's almost like a, a statue toppling down. So people can start to appreciate what's going on out there. And Neil and I had uh, a, a great week out there, and we're just talking. We we're around the uh, around the dinner table on Tuesday night, talking with Lauren Coglin, who's one of the uh, women we sponsor on the LPGA tour. Just talking about you know the women's game and promoting it, and and why the momentum doesn't seem to be there. And it just kind of like dawned on me. It was like all of the all of the things that are like holding it back. You can't possibly go to the tournament and and watch the players play and say you know what? It's the lack of talent. Like that's what it is. Like they're just like, they're not good enough at golf. Like in no way is that even remotely true. And like it really just kind of dawned on me like today or this week, I guess that it, that it just was super hammered home to the point where it was like, all right, now like with the new commissioner, let's get creative on how we display that talent, right? How we embrace it and how we market it to, to the wider golf audience, because People, uh, people are in our ass. Like, how can you fake this much excitement for women's golf? Like, it's like <laughs> categorically not fake. Like, there's not some huge. Like, KPMG does bring us out to the tournament, of course. Like, that's very evident. We we're upfront about that. But like, I promise you, this is not like a. 
big financial windfall for us to now just totally switch gear to the LPGA. It's definitely what we would, how we want to be spending our time. And we think it's worth uh, viewers and listeners time as well. So long winded. Well, I, I, you know, I jump in there and say, this was my first experience at an LPGA event. And I feel like I'm, you know, pretty into golf. Um, but, you know, I fought, I've watched a lot of it on TV and a couple things stuck out to me it, it, to your point, Sally, there's, it's not, there's the, the only difference to me in talent out there was they just don't hit it quite as far. Yeah. But the shot making and every other aspect of the game is on par or sometimes better or even easier to watch because the swings are so smooth. I can kind of get a, a better sense of like why they hit the ball so good. It's just really fun to watch. And when you're standing, we were standing on, you know, I can't think it was like six or seven T and we, you know, we turned around and like, look how far back, like the men are playing. It's just kind of outrageous. It's like, why, what's the point? Like we're still, they're still hitting, you know, this, the strategy of the course isn't changing, you know, for the women. Like it, it was fun to see them playing at a place like Atlanta athletic club, where I have a ton of context for the men playing there. And yeah, the, and overall just the vibe out there. I think I put it on Twitter earlier this week feels like it makes me imagine what the PGA tour was like in the seventies and eighties, more laid back, more of just kind of traveling around. Everyone knows each other. There's just a lot of good vibes. feels like everybody's rooting for each other. feels like they're happy to have us there, the fans there. It's not like you're on eggshells the whole time feeling like you're going to you know, mess up. It's almost like before the big money was involved on the PGA tour. That's what I think. That's my, that's my theory, but I had an, an awesome week out there and, and um, the only argument that I would understand with people saying like, I don't want to watch women's golf is that, you know, I've got 20 years of context with the PGA tour. So it's sure. easier to watch PGA golf. It is, a, yep. it is work. Like I, I was out there asking you a ton of questions, asking Lauren a ton of questions. What's her story. You know, what's the deal here? Wow. That's a great swing. Oh, she played at Duke, you know, like she, you know, she was awesome in college. And it's like, it, I don't have that context. So it does, it is going to take some work, but it's, it's, if you embrace that, it's kind of nice to, to get into something new, similar to how we've all gotten into like formula one recently. Um, so if you're looking for something, there's a ton of stories out there and there's just a ton to dig into. And I, I would say, you know, like Solly, your, your podcast with Stacy Lewis, uh, at the start of the week, like they, you know, one thing we try to do, Neil, cause I, I think you're exactly right. You know, people just need entry points. Um, we just got to shine the light on it. Um, sometimes watching LPGA can be hard, quite honestly, because of the coverage. Uh, I think that's one thing we we harp on, but it's out of a place of like, ah, we just want to see it get better because it's such a good product. And I think a lot more people would really, really enjoy it uh, if they could get into it and if it was easier to watch. So uh, my argument I, there would be look at the calendar. And if there is a tournament in your area, an LPGA event, it is such a good in-person experience. And I think that was what, you know, I was missing. Like, that's my first one. You are actually able to watch golf and you can walk from hole to hole at no point that I never, that I ever not have a view, a perfect, I could stand anywhere I wanted to outside the ropes. And you just felt like you were, you were part of it, especially if you, you know, I followed one group like all day and it was, it was awesome. I just really enjoyed it because it didn't feel like I was trying to Oh, I want to go watch Spieth, but like it's 10 deep, so I can't get close to him. It's like, well, no, I'm, I'm going to go watch NB Park, who's a total legend. And the first shot I watch, he sinks like a 60-foot birdie putt on 18. <laughs> like truly, the first first golf shot I saw like in the tournament. I pushed was you when that happened. It was awesome. I know. it was. We, were sitting, we just happened to see her coming up 18 when we were starting our day. I was like, oh, my God, that's going to go in. And it was, it was incredible. And that's where there isn't a huge skill gap between the PGA and the LPGA other than just off the tee, the distance. And then 
in some ways watching how you know straight they hit the ball is even like more impressive sometimes than what the men do so you know um sign me up you know for the next lpga event um and i think in person really you know kind of drills that home for me well yeah a couple a couple things like i i'm with you randy like i, I don't, i'm not going to swear by the tv product i'm not going to swear by like oh you're missing out if you're not watching this on tv right because our thoughts on men's golf on tv are well documented and i wouldn't say that you know the the LPJ coverage is industry leading, right? It's a diet version of that. Less cameras, less crew, and I think that the team that's out there does a really good job and is very familiar with the product and is doing the absolute best they can under extreme financial limitations is the best way I would I would describe it. But it really does stand out in person. I'm on a I'm on a high. It was one of the most fun weeks I've had this year. Was being out there all week, really. So. That's awesome. I'm I'm really glad to hear that. Solly, I know you and I have been to uh, a couple of KPMG specifically in the past and and had a great time. Uh, you know, I we can get into this, but KPMG specifically, I think, deserves a lot of credit for the event that they put on on the ground for the players, the experience there. Neil lost here. You enjoyed your first time. Uh, so I don't know where you want to go from here, Solly. I had a few more like contextual things that that kind of blew my mind. Uh, speaking of Nelly Corda specifically, I find it hard to believe an American hadn't won a, a women's major since 2018. Um, so that, yeah, exactly. It's been three years. I mean, think about that. And um, she now becomes the first uh, American woman to be ranked number one in the world since 2014, Stacey Lewis. So a couple of big droughts that that ended today so that's why i think you know it's like well why is this such a big deal with nelly like the <laughs> you know american female golf like i said earlier it's just they're waiting for for that next big person that can that can really elevate the sport and everybody's hopeful that's that's nelly so well, and, and Nelly's Nelly's talent is is uh, is prodigious. The word like it's it's yes. potentially dominant. It's not wow. She's an incredible putter and is gonna do, like she's a very good putter. She chips well. She hits her her irons. She doesn't even need to hit very many irons because she leaves herself so many wedges. She hits it. I mean, she doesn't bomb the ball, but in terms of LPGA stat, like she has a hundred. You know, she was touching one hundred fifty five miles an hour of ball speed, which is is up on the upper end of the LPGA tour. But I mean, everyone's seen that golf swing and it, it I walked that golf course, watched her hit a couple shots early in the week and was like very easy on who my pick was going to be. It's like, oh, my God, this is a dream, <laughs> dream setup for her. And then her putter just went off on on Saturday or Friday and Saturday. And she I mean, credit to Lizette Salas, too, who finished just three shots back. She finished six shots clear of third place and the opposite kind of game. Yes. I mean, she could, she doesn't hit it anywhere. <laughs> right. That's another thing about the LPGA is it, I don't have enough. I, I don't, I'm not going to be able to flesh this out. Okay. I don't, I can't tell you why this necessarily is in my head. It's going to make sense. Maybe you guys can help me, but the scale at which they play is more likely to yield different playing styles than the PGA tour style. Even though like if you technically look at the yardages they play, like it usually plays pretty long for how they hit it, blah, blah, blah. Bethany Nichols has written about that. We've talked about that. But it just the way it played out between Lizette and Nelly, like it, it's it you're not out of it by not being able to hit it far. And that that I found refreshing as well. Like there was no it was like it was tough for Nelly to get around Lizette, even though she was, you know, hitting the par fives and two and getting getting to holes that and, and spots that Lizette couldn't get to. And I found the contrasting styles enjoyable to watch 
you know, uh, Lizette's pace of play to, aside, I think that was a fun part of the part of the duel to watch. And and I the same contrasting styles. I was following Lauren Coglin all day Thursday, and she was playing with Mo Martin, also playing pretty slow. Deli- <laughs> we'll say deliberate, maybe slow Mo Martin. Yeah, you, know, you didn't uh, play good. En- you didn't play good enough to to play deliberate. You got to you got to be playing it, final it group and deliberate. And, yeah. And she's hitting the ball maybe 220 off the tee. And Lawrence, she's hitting it, you know, out there 260 and and hitting every fairway, which is great. Watching Mo Martin hit fairway wood after fairway wood into the center of the green was mesmerizing. Like truly, like it, it, and I think that's a, a factor too with just technology. I feel like the fairway woods are, you know, a, a total game changer. Like I wonder what the women's game was like before, you know, they had kind of like the hybrids and and kind of the uh they didn't have to play the long irons out of the bag because i really think that's you know they can the way they were able to loft it up from 200 you know to the center of the green is really really impressive uh solly i want to jump in just to piggyback on on what you said about the different styles being able to compete uh one it's refreshing right now and i i've given that a little bit of thought too and and again i just like you all preface this like totally half-baked just a hypothesis but it seems to me it seems to me that the women's game is a little bit behind the men's game in terms of the physical revolution that i think we've seen with on the men's side over the last 10 plus years and and we're starting to see bits and pieces of it i mean honestly the women's game right now it kind of reminds me of like pre-tiger era pga where you know hey tons of different styles never quite know who's going to win a major and and in that same token it seems like it's ripe uh and a lot of this would be tiger woods and and some of the other athletes that have come in the last you know 20 years or so um that no doubt are influencing the next crop of female golfers on the way it just seems right that somebody is going to revolutionize the women's game with distance with a total package that's like oh shit this is this is a whole new sport all of a sudden and i i think you know patty tavitanikic kind of has hints of that a little bit she's certainly longer much longer than average um i don't know you know i'm, I'm certainly not comparing her to tiger I, I think that's unfair to her or anybody but it, it seems to me like somebody is going to come along where it's like, oh, not only are they hitting it 290, 300, but they have all the other skills to go along with it. So just something I'm curious to see over the next four, five, six years on the women's side. Hmm. Yeah, it, it it's not even, and Nelly is not a bomb and gouger. Like she hits a ton of fairways. And this is, it brings to another point, like hopefully soon, and, and this was announced this week as, as far as the statistical innovation that's going to be coming to women's golf courtesy of, of KPMG is like an actual statistical database. Like, I don't know how to equate like how many strokes gain Nelly gets off the tee versus how good her putter is, how good her approach play is. We can't have never been able to do that on the LPGA tour, which just limits the, the, the different ways you can talk about it. It limits the broadcasters on relaying their talents to the viewers. And it, it permeates through so many different levels of the game. And it's something that I'm really looking forward to. And just, it, I did a lot of thinking while driving back to and from Atlanta this week too, of just like, what's going to, ha- what is, what the future of the LPGA tour looks like, right? And how, how it's going to change. And it, it's hard because it takes like, whatever the investment is in shot link for the PGA tour has paid dividends in so many different ways, right? Yet it's not something that's a realistic expense from what I gather for the LPGA tour. So 
how do you bridge that gap? How do you feed data to gamblers? How do you feed data to, you know, media people, to broadcasters and to players? And it seems like a good start that they've got with KPMG on board for, for how this is going to work, but it seems also pretty manual. And, uh, and I, I don't know, you know, how immediate this impact is going to be. I think, and then they're not pitching it as being immediate. They're, this is more of a long-term play, but uh, I'm, I'm curious what you guys think on that. Well, it's good to see a start. Yeah. You know, like we got to start somewhere having, having the caddies log the, the stats. Um, I mean, I almost feel like it's kind of like my, my goal this year to track my own stats. You got to start somewhere with something easy and then maybe you innovate from there. I don't know. It's, it's a lot for the caddies for very little amount of money. Do those guys, I wonder, it's like I'm uh, doing, you know, I'm in contention. Like maybe they're going to start just kind of fudging the numbers a little bit. Like I think it was this. So how accurate can it be? I mean, we really want to get Randy his how many feet of putts made stat. Like please, we, we, we got to keep it accurate. So you got to re maybe reward the caddies a little bit more uh, if you're going to kind of lay all the stat work on them in the beginning. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I agree. You know, don't, don't let perfect get in the way of better or yeah. however that expression goes, right. Got to start somewhere. It, it's so needed, you know, just talking to this Karen Stupples, um, who, who does a, one of those people that does a wonderful job on the broadcast. Um, you know, this has been her crusade. Like it, it would add so much value to broadcast. It adds so much value to everybody, right? You said broadcasters, fans, it, it would add so much value to the players themselves. I, I'm sure a lot of players, somehow track their own stats and maybe even have a, a stroke gained method to to utilize but but just having that available for the players themselves uh, would would do a whole lot so encouraging news I think uh, kudos to KPMG you know I, I gotta think there's another company or two right like I can I pick on Deloitte uh, another big four accounting firm like that VR app during the US open how much money do they put into that like like there have to be some resources to direct it to like something that would be so impactful, man, would seem like a win-win for everybody. Um, so hopefully we can get there. Or maybe like, you know, they, they, it looked like they did a rangefinder deal. Like maybe there's something there where you could, you know, get, get those linked up. Or I know like, you know, precision pro, like our rangefinder company, they're working on a whole app and stat tracking thing, like to make it less about the caddy putting it on paper. Like that, that to me, yeah, that's a start, but that doesn't feel like the answer. Like, I don't think that's going to get you what you need, but if, if range finders are legal now, you, you've got a tool out there you could use maybe. So hopefully they're thinking that way. I want to bridge this into, into, you know, a couple different aspects here. Uh, and the, the hypocrisy of doing an ad as we bridge it into the talking about TV <laughs> windows is not lost on me here. So, uh, but before so, I say that, the sorry, 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 before you, I just want to let the folks know the rest of the podcast will be available on the no laying up, um, premium, be, no, only to nest members, <laughs> only to nest members, <laughs> only, yeah. only, to, only the members, you know, no laying up.com forward slash join. I was trying to think Find of more like, information there. I was trying to think of an animal similar to the peacock, and I totally blanked. So, uh, but anyway, go ahead with the ad. Do peacocks have nests? Because that actually works pretty good for us. Yeah, also, yeah. There will be ads even if you have a premium version of it. So, <laughs> uh, the DraftKings sportsbook, not only my favorite sportsbook, but also America's top-rated sportsbook. One, did you guys hear that get, it, this might be coming legal in Florida here very soon? So I'm looking forward to that. But I love using it. it's easy to navigate. Has plenty of instructions for new betters. Nearly limitless ways to get in on the action. 
Uh, everyone I know is using the DraftKings Sportsbook, and they also have a great offer going. The DraftKings Sportsbook is putting you courtside of the chance to turn $1 into $100 in site credits. All you do is pick any basketball team that's still in contention, bet $1, and if that team wins, you win $100 in site credits. Also, don't forget the DraftKings Sportsbook offers great odds and promotions on baseball, hockey, and so much more all week long. It's safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code NLU when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits. Again, bet on the basketball team of your choice to win their next game. And if you do, you will claim $100 in free credits. That's promo code NLU. Limited time, only the DraftKings Sportsbook must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Wager paid out in site credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. hey All right. Let, let, let me, yeah, let me, let me offer up one for the group. I caught myself almost starting to think back to like Nelly Lizette. I was like, man, was this setup kind of easy this week? Like I, I wanted to play difficult and then saw so to your point i'm like oh wait a second like lizette was 16 under and then the rest of the field was was 10 under just just hammering home how good that golf was in the in the final twosome uh obviously i think one of the big things at least if you spend a lot of time on twitter lizette salas's slow play uh i have a couple of things here but before i offer my opinion um you know i where do we come out on lizette it did, did she deserve the scrutiny uh, for her slow play? Was she getting no favors from the the coverage? Um, what do you guys think there? A couple of different things. So by the letter of the law, was she breaking the rule uh, by playing slowly on mostly Saturday? It stuck out the most, but also there were times on Sunday. The answer to that is no, especially if when you're playing the last group, if you are not out of position, there are no timed requirements for how long it should take you to play a shot. And the one thing I will say in her defense is there is there is an art to this in professional golf of not playing too quickly when you have nowhere to go. You have nothing else to do. You are going to wait on the next shot. I have done this in tournaments when pace is slow. I will just make myself take a lap around the hole to avoid you know having getting impatient and, and waiting to play the next shot, right? And that is there is something to that, especially when you're playing with somebody like Nelly who gets up and hits it so freaking fast. To that point, I think honestly, Nelly should, and if she's going to be in this many final groups, at least be aware of how fast she's playing when she has nowhere to go and how that could have an impact on her in the future. To there's a lot of things factor into, and Randy, you made this point on Twitter as well. The LPJ coverage obviously has way less cameras in play, they have way less things to cut to. They're going to show all of Lizette Salas's pre shot routine. It is going to take a minute and a half, but if they're not out of position, that's not breaking a rule. I'm caught in between. Like, it's not great. It. Uh, I was kind of hoping they would get out of position at some point today and she would get put on the clock so we wouldn't have to see that. I think that's unfair to your playing partners at a, to a certain extent. But And we can talk about the Fosse thing that happened. It, and it's important for people to know that it's not. if you're not out of position, it's not illegal to take that long over a shot, which slow play is going to be has always been and is going to be really hard to police for a lot of reasons and we're going to see the penalty that maria fossey got and some issues i have with the penalty that she got uh as an example of like if you set hard line rules on this stuff it's going to be weird and difficult to police because you have to apply it if the rule based on how the rule is written and the way they did it with her I, i'm now i'm like well that rule is really written written wrong but before we do fossey thing what what anything there do you want to react to randy no, I, I, I think I, I think you nailed it. 
having him playing threesomes on Saturday was kind of oh. dumb, right? Like I, I get, oh, we have this TV window. Like I get why they put him in threesomes. I don't like it. Uh, they should be in twosomes on the weekend of a major if weather is not a factor. But but that just fed into it too, right? As you said. So you know, I, I think they played in like the final group four hours, maybe a, a touch over. Uh, but it's not like they were playing in five and a half hours today. Um, so I think Lizette, it, it was a bit of a tough spot for, her, you know, um, between the coverage, between playing with somebody who is on the fast side of the spectrum, um, just, just tougher. And I, I hate that. I, I hope that's not people's big takeaway of Lizette Salas because she has a wonderful story, uh, and she played really, really freaking good golf this week. Could she be faster? Yeah, sure. But I, she's not alone on any tour on earth in, you know, in, in saying that. So, I, I don't know. I guess that's where I net out. So it's, it's a little unfortunate all the way around. So I, I was out there on Saturday and I was following Madeline Sagstrom, who was playing in the group ahead of him. Um, and, and, you know, kind of watched him on 11, 12, 13. I was kind of jumping between groups. Lizette is, you know, decidedly slow. Like she, she plays slow. I think one thing, so I agree with everything you said, she's not breaking the rule, but one thing that I think makes it stand out more is that she's always playing first because she doesn't hit the ball anywhere. And so then Nelly and whoever else is playing with her, you know, have to wait on her to go. So at every in every fairway, she's, you know, basically setting the pace for everybody. And then where it gets really slow is when they miss the green and then the chipping stuff gets, you know, they're looking at everything from every angle. Like it's, you know, that's that's tough. But um, I think the fact that she's playing first, you know, every hole, it doesn't do her any favors. So then when we flip over to Maria Fossey getting penalized this week, uh, got a two-shot penalty playing her ninth hole, the 18th hole um, on Friday. She was she finished at one over, was penalized and went to three over and missed the cut by one shot. Uh, that's tough for somebody that's working through a lot of stuff, and we could talk about some of that. But she there's a rule, rule 5-6. She was Her group got out of position, and the way she had attest, testified was that it was not her fault that the group got out of position. I have no reason to believe otherwise. Uh, so the group gets out of position, so they ha- are being timed on shots, right? And she went over an allotted time on her approach shot, but what she was penalized for was the average amount of allotted time for the total strokes taken on the 18th hole, okay? She birdied the 18th hole. So she took four strokes. So they took the amount of time it took her to play those four shots, divided it by four. And if it was over whatever that number is, I think it's 40 seconds, you get penalized for that. Now, if she'd have missed the birdie putt and made a five and tapped it in in a short amount of time, she would not have gotten penalized two <laughs> shots for it. That's interesting. That? Yeah, that's interesting. It's it's. Tough it's letter not, of the law situation there. Uh, yeah, right? it's not. Yeah, it's it's just not a great policy, and I think that's what every tour is struggling with right now. Is just uh, how do you police it in a consistent, fair manner? And I, you know, I have ideas. I'm sure we all have ideas, but it's yeah, it's hard. I think it a, a simple way is if you're I, I like if you're out of position, 40 seconds to play a shot is fair for everyone, and if you're not out of position. 60 seconds is more than reasonable time to play a shot. And you have, let's call it two uh, timeouts that you can use, two times you can go over in a round that are like, if the wind switches, if that, you know, not to be abused, but if you have something that takes a certain amount of time for any reason, something like that along those lines would prevent. 
I mean, Lizette was routinely taking 90 seconds before shots. That at least prevents that, right? So something like that would, I think, be the best path forward rather than just only getting penalized if you're out of position seems, I don't know. Seems what like about, everyone uh, can slow down. Taking, taking a, a page out of the MLB playbook and just start randomly putting people on the clock, if, even if they're not like what they're doing with the pitchers and the, uh, you know, the, the substances. Just start, you know, you're, you're on out of, out of nowhere. It's just like blind timing. You know, you don't, the guy's in the trees. He's just got you on the clock and don't even know it. Just keep people on their toes. I think I, I'm kind of yeah, that's, that. that's legit. One of the better ideas I've heard. Right. You just, it's like, it's like mystery shopping, you know, yeah. people are trying to figure out if they're, you know, checkout people are being nice or not. It's like, yeah, you, you know, you never know. Like this could be the hole that you're being, you're on the clock once, once every tournament, you know, or every two tournaments, you're going to be on the clock like that's, and you just don't know when it's going to be. That's like, uh, you're talking double secret probation and Hell I yeah. like, and I like it. Hell yeah. Cause then, um, it, then it's on, then it's on, it's top of mind. It's like, okay. Right. You know, it's like, kind of like how we feel when we're playing at muni's and someone's riding up on you you're like man i gotta you know i don't want that i gotta stay i gotta stay in position man can't have that on my conscience um, yeah on, on a different note atlanta <laughs> sorry we've got enough slow play uh atlanta athletic club we got a question from brad beckett he said is this is this woman's major too uh too easy he said i can't imagine your reaction if scores are this low at a men's major there was at no point that I walked Atlanta Athletic Club was I like, oh yeah, this is this is too easy for them. This is way too easy for them. No, it looked turned up and the pins were tough. I would say the front nine was significantly easier than the back nine. Um, but you know, I it, I think the fact that it was kind of a you know, two players broke away and then the rest of the scores were kind of in the ballpark as far as a major goes, I think, around you know, 10 under. Um, I just think, I mean, yeah, I just played really on good a par, on a par 72 with a, a hole that they moved up to create some interest with a drivable four. Yeah, it's not low. That's really not. And Nelly went out and got 19 under, but pros are going to shoot low scores on par 72s in relation to par. They always are. Even on the women's level, they, they could have played the holes back further and it would not have been a better golf tournament. Uh, I, I, I applaud. I'm not the biggest Kerry Haig fan. I know people, there's a lot of people in professional golf that praise everything he does. Uh, I think they nailed this one. It was just major championship setup. It rewarded really good play. I walked around that course, saw some of those pins, and was just like, oh, my God. Like, don't yeah. even touch those. Don't even mess with those. And honestly, just watching the way Nelly played it was just, uh, like, pretty much awe-inspiring. Of Like, that was just ears pinned back on a really tough setup and made it look like child's play. And I can see why some people would think the reaction was that it was set up too easy. But the golf was honestly that good. Like, no one else played that that much golf this week and didn't run into a, a complete disaster. Lizette as well did not run into a bad stretch of holes. Every other player that got themselves into contention, Celine Boudier had a second round 63 or 64, I forget what it was, and couldn't stay in contention. Uh, you know, Danielle Kang had two over par rounds and still finished T5. Um, Julia uh, Molinaro had a great first three days, but only shot even par in the final round. You know, couldn't keep bogeys off the card today so i don't know it was it was just supreme supreme golf and that's what got me i know that's what i think contributed to the start of the show of talking about like this not this being like i hate when you over assign majors to somebody after they just win one but like this this one feels like it oh. could be a lot it could be a Solid. lot is it time to play our favorite game oh yeah let's play let's set the number career majors nelly corda oh my gosh uh neil do you want to set as as a relative newcomer would you like to set the over under number can you guys remind can you remind me how old how old is nelly she's 22 
Um, I'll say 11. <laughs> <laughs> Neil, that's fantastic. Is that the number you, you we always set? <laughs> I was going to say three and a half. 11. Go Ele- ahead. 11 makes go her. Ahead. Go ahead. Oh, my I God. I was going to say under three and a half, but I'm going to go over 11 now just for fun. <laughs> I think, hold on, let me see. I, Annika won 11 or 12, I think. Um, I you asked for the next, the great American golfer. I'm, yeah. I'm giving it to you. Do you think she's going to, is she going to be the queen? That is such, God, that's such a good line, Neil. Um, that's primo content. She won 10, Annika has 10 majors. Annika has 10. So, so, so. So over on so she's for sure better than Annika. The question is, will she be at least two better she's, than she's Annika? She's 22. She's got a lot of <laughs> lot of years left. We got a lot of time. Um there's a lot of at bats left, guys. I'm I'm with Solly. Think, think I'm, I'm critically I'm, here. I'm with Solly. What the hell? Let's go over. <laughs> okay, I'm going under. Play <laughs> play hard, Nelly. Best of luck. Play hard. <laughs> oh. I'll just take I'll take the other side. I'll go under. <laughs> It um no in all seriousness, Sally, I I I feel the same thing. I, I think that's what I was trying to get earlier. Like this this feels like you know like a lid lifting off, and you know hopefully she's just freed up to to really play her best golf, continue playing her best golf over the next several years. And because I, I mean I- if if you consider sorry real quick, I mean it, it's pretty crazy to think about before February of this year, Nelly had never won on American soil, and you know she won at Gamebridge in Orlando in February. She won last week, and now she wins a major this week. So her third win of of just 2021. Yeah, the 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 sky could be the limit over the next couple of years. Exciting stuff. And, and I want to say too, and it was kind of I don't know if I uh, weird the right word the way you know they were Steve Sands interviewing uh, Jessica, her older sister. You know, after the round, kind of like almost I don't know, trying to get something out of her in terms of like competitive, you know, competitive competing against each other almost trying to pull out some some almost some bitterness and we got a question from the leprechaun yeah which is great <laughs> he said genuine stuff. genuine honest question at what point is it weird for jessica that the younger court sister is sister is the one on top right now but glad to see she was pretty darn happy for nelly and honestly like i i think this is like a endorsement of probably of jessica's role as an older sister in terms of support that at every stop from everyone you've ever talked to, like there's no sibling rivalry there. There's no, and that's not always the case with two professional athletes that are related. It, it does not, Oh, it does not always go over smoothly. And like the mentorship that she's given Nelly through every stop and genuine excitement is very a real thing. And I thought, I feel like the broadcasters were just trying to bring this thing of like, you know, almost trying to introduce, like, is it weird that the younger sister has won one now and the older one hasn't? And like, I'm not, I'm not there for that. It's just not, it does not seem to be there in any way. Like that, that family has always really supported each other. And and uh, there's a there's a bit of a template from tennis with the Williams sisters, right? Right. And it seems like Venus has always been, you know, very comfortable in her own skin and comfortable with her career. And you know, Serena's just a goat. Like that's that's how, that's how it goes, you know? And, and he, she got, she got to watch Venus grow up and just got to do everything at every stop a little bit better. Cause she had the benchmark set. So yep. I would say it, it feels a, a, maybe a little similar here. I, yeah. And I, I'm with you, Sally. I've, you know, I don't know him well at all, but I I've never gotten that vibe. I I've always picked up of like Jessica almost being protective and, and, 
almost take on like a, a motherly role a little bit with Nelly um, from what I've just seen from afar and perceived. I, I will say, though, I, I think Nelly or uh, excuse me, Jessica, not having won a major. I, I think as long as she can get one of her own, then it's like, oh, Nelly, like I'm all the way, you know, and not that I'm trying to introduce any sibling rivalry, but like where Venus, Venus you know, Venus won a handful of majors herself. Sure. Um, and so but that's gotta I, I be think motivating. It, I, yeah, for, for sure. Jessica, right? Like, yo, yeah, you got to go get one, you know, yeah, like, exactly. Don't, don't get discouraged. Like you have every opportunity to do the, to do it yourself, you know? It's not like she's. It's not like she's Nelly's ex- succeeding at Jessica's expense, right? Exactly. It's not like she's beating her directly, which in tennis would be a little bit even. You know, it's like Venus and Serena playing against each other. Like that's even more uh, kind of black and white if, if, in this scenario. And that's what like, Jessica said today too. Was like, it's not like we're playing. You know, it's not like tennis. We're playing against each other. It's like we're playing against the golf course. And she even said, or like today, I was playing against myself, which I thought that was just. I thought that was really good perspective on that as well. So, um, you mentioned Madeline Sagstrom, our young hitter, finished t fifteen, had a tough Sunday. Uh, she was flirting around there on the lead there for a long, long time. She was she was loitering. She had some bad intentions at one point, but she did great on the front nine. It felt like both days, especially Saturday, and then that. I mean, the back nine kind of stood up as a as a tough test. She on Saturday she struggled. She hit in the water. Gosh, she hit a brutal like speed on twelve ball on fifteen, short right in the water, just can't do that and doubled but then she she came back and and birdied 16 birdied 18 to finish strong so that was like that was awesome but yeah i think you know great experience right i mean top 10 in a uh, top top 20 so i think what was she t15 15 yeah yeah so that's that's an awesome result and let's 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 go the young hitter stable we haven't even gotten to meg mclaren yet come on fellas great randy randy put in the newsletter this week his prediction for the back half of 2021 was a young hitter is going to get a win. And like clockwork, <laughs> four days later, what do you know? Young hitter in the winner's circle on the Symmetra Tour. Exactly. That was uh, the first win. No, we've had Brandon Matthews had a win for us uh, on the Latin American Tour, right? So it's our second win technically. But Yeah, Madeline, great weekend. Good experience, Neil. Like you said, uh, you know, going into the weekend, she was – as in as good a position as she's ever been so um you know fingers crossed hopefully she's trending she's she's the type of golfer too where it's like i I feel like her game builds right and and so hopefully this is uh, a really good sign of of things to come over the next few weeks i also want to shout out her her fit out there she had on saturday she had white on white with like red pink socks i mean it was it was a a powerful look my my fiance carson is even like man that's a swaggy swaggy (laughs) outfit she's she's rocking uh and she was playing she was playing with a competitor that was wearing just a tough like red shorts on red hat with black she's like man it just the juxtaposition was great putting madeline in in a very good light last thing i had really on the on the broad scale was just the tv windows were a bit tough Going off, as you mentioned, Randy, going off in threesomes, then in the one to four uh, window on Saturday, so they could get to Olympic trials. We've talked about this on repeat in multiple weeks as to it being a weird NBC year and all that stuff. But yeah, things don't seem great at NBC for golf fans. You know, it's all there's a lot of things working against us here. Uh, it made for really tough viewing Saturday. I thought Sunday was a much better window. It happened to be ending right as we thought the PGA Tour event was ending, but of course it went on for two more hours. But yeah, and they were on from 11 to 3 during the week, and then you had to pay for Peacock Premium. 
to watch a women's major that just doesn't scream like the best way to grow this game yet i don't know where to place that blame really if it's if it's kpmg for not buying enough hours from the networks it's hard to go to that tournament and be like man kpmg's really got to up the sponsorship game because they, they set the whole event up like it was you know a men's major like just from kind of an infrastructure standpoint it felt like they rolled out all the stops for you know a fraction of the people that are going to be there so it, it, you're i'm with you there Sally. it's hard to blame the the sponsor on that one uh, it just feels yeah. like it's all about the olympics this year for nbc right i mean they're just so they're probably so stressed out about olympics and just it get postponed a year it's a it's got to be a, just a fire drill over there right now well and it's it's also you know if, if kpmg is saying all right this money is going towards it's four and a half million dollar purse which is one of the biggest ones if not the biggest in women's golf uh if if, the, if that's where the money's going instead of buying more tv hours like i get it um i think it's almost more on i don't i don't know I, i'd be talking down to my ass i don't know where well, the, where the where well, it let. yeah and i i'm with you in that i don't know who to be angry with i guess <laughs> oh, uh, so uh, so i kind of just like to be angry with everybody Randy's um, just gonna scream at this guy <laughs> But I, I think what, what I just found really hard was like Peacock Premium, but but it's just the normal golf broadcast. You're getting all the commercial breaks. So it's like, what, what are we doing? You know, um, I, I'm fine. I got to cancel that right now. Thank <laughs> yeah. you for that. I'm I, like, I'm like, put it on Peacock, show me the ads. Great. You know, I, I understand how you're, you're making money here, but to, to have people pay for the premium service and then to run the the same ad load at them is like guys that's see it just seems egregious and and i'm like you like if and and i've seen you know molly solomon at these women worth watching round tables um and she's the ep at nbc sports whatnot it's like what, what gives right like are, are we trying to get the most eyeballs on the sport right now is this is this a campaign that that you guys are behind or or not because it, it just feels i don't know I, I i don't quite know what's going on well they also when are they going to rip the band-aid off on the the peacock stuff for it feels like they've been front-loading the the free the free stuff to get people to sign up and and then they pick this week to Oh, now it's paid. There's just no, there's no communication about what's on what channel. Like, cause there's NBC sports gold. I guess that's going away. Peacock with ads, Peacock premium. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's just confusing outside of golf. I'm just talking about as like, you know, a business, like they got to figure out like the, uh, the messaging <laughs> yeah. a little bit of like, they need to, they need to show me like a pricing graph, you know, like when you go to a website for a software company, like, the check boxes like you get this in this package and this you know but i i have no idea what's what comes with what right now well that's that's funny you say that because there's a third peacock there's like a peacock premium plus that's you know ten ten dollars a month and next gen peacock uh, like what's that yeah like what what, what are we doing well, that includes uh, does not have ads, but includes self promo ads, which with NBC we've is of course the Russian the Russian nesting doll of self promotion. That might as well be a full run of ads as well. So take it all away. Just, well, it was uh, like HBO was getting lit up six months ago for HBO Go, HBO Now, HBO Max, and nobody could figure out what HBO was what, you know. And they they kind of they were getting you know dragged for it in you know some like the business and media newsletters. And now they've kind of seems like they've tried to simplify it, which NBC, maybe we should, maybe we should be beating this drum that they need to get dragged for the, all the peacocks, the cloned peacocks. 
Comcast we're, might we're, be they're genetically modifying the peacock. Yeah, too many too many peacocks. There's too That's many it. of them. They're, they're all just they're just strutting around. You know, it's it, just come on. As There's too pe- many. There are too many alpha peacocks. Yeah. Overpopulation. Exactly. Well, as TC would say, you can't stop the cock. So you can't. Um, I I know we're going to move on, but re- real quick, I just wanted to to highlight a, a few names, um, if if you don't mind. Uh, Couple T fives, Danielle Kang, Patty Tavitanikit, uh, just strong performances. Danielle's just always around. Um, I, I love watching her play. Grinder, fiery. Uh, she's going to be a great at the Solheim this year. Patty, you know, I felt like this. We, we talk about Bryson, you know, being able to compete with not his A game. That's it. Felt like this for Patty this week. You know, she wasn't really competing, uh, being finishing eleven shots back, but still tied for fifth and. And not really having the the, the full game this week, I, I think, speaks well to where she is. Um, and then, you know, the, the only other one, this Leona McGuire, if, if folks, you know, aren't really don't know her. Uh, she was the best two time Mark McCormick, best uh, female amateur in the world, um, went to Duke, had a great career at Duke and is just putting it together. Uh, this year on the LPGA Tour, and I feel like she has been around the front page of the leaderboard seemingly for a few months now. So just wanted to give her a shout-out as well. I think she was a, th- a three-time player of the year in college, and the one year she wasn't, it was uh, Lauren Coughlin, young hitter. Is that right? Yeah. That's so, a great tidbit. Yeah, but I, I actually, I was going to ask Solly, and you, you kind of stole my thunder there, Randy. Like who, after being out there, who, who I don't know, made your head turn or you, you're going to watch moving forward that you didn't know about. And for me, it was Leona McGuire. I thought I watched her on the range. I watched her play a few holes in the practice round. She, God, she hits it great. And then watching the way she finished was, was awesome too. Anybody else that stood out to you? I wouldn't say, I don't think there was anything anyone knew that really popped off the, popped off the the page at me. I think uh, I've got some, 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 takes to unload just on, on things I, I did see this week. Uh, <laughs> un- unload them on us. Yeah. It's not, there's nothing too bold here. It's just, just I got the ball. shots. Get ready, Randy. <laughs> I got the ball Yuka Sasso at Lexi and NB for, uh, for nine holes, which like, that was just, I was so thrilled when I saw that threesome. Cause I was dead set. I said, I'm going to fall NB park for nine holes. I've never done it before. I have to watch this up close and personal. And I posted this on Twitter and Instagram. Like I took slow-mo videos of each of them teeing off on what I think was the eighth hole. And I, you know, put them all starting at the same exact point. And both Yuka Sasso and Lexi Thompson had hit the ball in these slow-mo swings before MB Park had completed her backswing. <laughs> and it was just like, it was amazing to watch this style of play that was like, you have to be able to hit it further. Like, I know you have more in the tank. Like, why aren't you hitting it further than that? Yet, like schooling Yuka Sasso, and it ended up not uh, Yuka ended up beating her overall for the week. But like uh, uh, Yuka's talent just like jumps off at you, and she, that's not a sneaky. I mean, she just won the U.S. Women's Open. It was that's not a uh, a prognostication of any kind. But like I think she has world number one written all over. Yet she was just a bit mopey. I was kind of surprised me she was under par and still just kind of moping about a little bit, just kind of. Got to be tired, you know. Got to got to be feeling a little bit of that come down post media tour. I, I would quick. think, yeah. Hate it to was see quick. it. It was quick and undeserved, though. It wasn't like she was one over early. She was one under early and still just couldn't. I don't know. I, I, I something to watch for, honestly, because she is just insane talent. Like really smart. Hit the smart shots too. Wasn't just like firing at every pin. Um, and Lexi was way longer than I like remember her being. Like blowing it by Yuka Sasso and way past NB, obviously. 
And then MB's putting was hilarious. I mean, just bombing in 40 footers, then a 60 footer and like running them over edges from 25 feet pretty much every time. Like it was as advertised. So I, I really apologize. I don't know. I read it on Twitter. This is not my thought, but somebody on Twitter, and I, I'm sorry, I don't remember off the top of my head who said it, but it was like MB Park putts, like like her ball has eyes where it's like going just up near the hole. And it's like, oh, look, a cup. I'll go in. It, you know, it's just it like from our video, Brandy. <laughs> is that what it is? Yeah, I'm yeah. like, I saw it or I heard it somewhere. Uh, props to you guys then. Um, I, I just loved that description. Yeah, I was in the video. Sorry, I was spending a it lot of time on it twitter and watching a lot of stuff this weekend and he's scrolling too much is yeah melting. well no you and and uh, honestly guys i thought that video was was i i thought you guys did an awesome job i i really love that video the closing stretch video um big smiles on my face watching those kudos to you guys kudos to kpmg the lpga and pj of america for like letting those things happen at a women's event and i would happen. and kudos to the players like, yes you know kind of just in the middle of practice hey can i catch you for 30 seconds you know, a minute. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Not like, you know, head down, like, don't talk to me. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I'm way too important to even look your way vibe. It was, it was so refreshing. It's like, absolutely. We love to talk about how, how hard the 15th hole is. It's like, well, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, Maria Fossey looks to be going through a bit of a, a Sergio swing transition, just kind of making things a little less dramatic than you know a, a shallowing out move that is very dramatic that kind of introduces you to golf fans pretty quickly and maybe you need to get it shouted out a little bit more for consistency hat looks to be playing some decent golf and was i'm sure pretty heartbroken to miss the cut because uh, it feels like she's starting to come around on it but also it looks like she's got some things she's still working through so i would preach some patience for golf fans on her and lastly yanni sang the the biggest like gut punch I got was watching her tee off of number one, uh, her 10th hole. She pushed it right. And just like, she just looked so incredibly dejected. Like this is someone that won five majors between 2008 and 2011 has zero top tens in majors since 2013 has missed 21 cuts in her last 30 major starts. Hasn't won since 2012. She's been four points shy of the hall of fame since 2012 and hasn't earned a single point towards that in nine years and just looks like it, it nine years is so long to go like in search of something when you were once the best player in the world won five majors in three years and now can't like find the club face and was just so i don't know it like has not i remember seeing her at gamebridge like chasing it too, like hunting annika down to like yeah that's exactly what i was gonna say yeah for advice and stuff like that and she, the hunger is still there, but like, it's not even close. And it just like, she was, like, there was no one following the group. And I just saw her hit that shot and just like slump over. And it was just like, kind of stuck with me of like, oh, fuck pro golf, man. Like it, someone that, you know, has been kind of forgotten in the pro golf world is still out there, like trying to do it and putting in the effort. And it just kind of made my heart sink a little bit. She, I mean, just to tie a bow on that, like this year on, on the LPGA tour, she's made uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight starts, seven cuts in a DQ, has not shot under par in, in any round, and has shot in the 80s five times. So I, I'm with you, Sully. That, that kind of, God, it, it, it hit me a little bit at Cambridge, seeing her, you know, it looked like she was pretty emotional talking to Annika, just... You can tell she's searching. Um, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. That's it's it's tough. 
And then, yeah, the very last thing I had was just following Lauren, our young hitter, who you know started the year on the Symmetra Tour, now has status on the LPGA Tour, playing in her in her second second major. Uh, it was fun, yet also like I feel a little too close to it, and like I was too up and down. Like I I, I couldn't I couldn't enjoy it because I was too invested. You know, it was too much. I had to walk away for a couple holes, then come back. And her husband's texting me hole by hole updates, hoping she made the cut. She ended up missing the cut by two, but that was uh, simultaneously really fun, yet like gosh, it's hard to get like super invested in someone's play and, uh, and really enjoy the ups and downs of it. I can't imagine the actual family members, how they, how they do that on a week to week basis. Yeah. Yeah. But it's an, I thoroughly enjoyed the experience of, you know, following a single group for a whole round, especially someone like Lauren, even if we weren't, you know, kind of in her corner and sponsoring her, somebody that, you know, is hungry, you know, it's it just, it's awesome because th there's no one else around, but you can just feel how important it is, like how much pressure is on them. And they're not, and there's, there's nobody there to even experience it. So when you're like one of the only people out there experiencing that, you know, how important every five foot putt is, and it comes down to one or, you know, she missed a cut by, you know, two strokes, but it comes down to one or two, you know, short putts. And just, it, it is a, a, a reminder for, for me, because I hadn't done that in a while of over the course of five hours, how hard it is you just have to stay so focused on all, you know, cause it comes down to one or two shots and it's like, my God, you know, that put on a put on two. It's like, damn man. Like that's, that's brutal. So, but it, it makes me feel some things and that's what it's all about. So I can't wait to go do that again. You know, maybe on the PGA tour, pick a, I remember we did that at heritage with, with, uh, with Billy Horschel a long time ago. You know, we followed him for a whole round when he, on Friday when he was on the cut line. And I almost remember him looking over after a few holes of us following him and being like, who the hell are these guys? Like, what are you doing out here? You're not supposed to be here. No one's supposed to be watching me right now. Like I'm, I'm, I'm grinding and it's not going well. And I think that's the most interesting thing to watch. Solly, did you, did you see Sung Hyung Park at all? That is somebody that is, I, if anybody listening has any insight, like what is happening there? Cause I, to my knowledge, there's not an injury, which is almost more troublesome. I watched her on the range plenty. She looked healthy. She, just was standing over drivers a long time, really long time. Again, we're talking about another former one, number one player in the world uh, and won the KPMG Women's PGA in 2018 at Kemper Lakes when we were there. And it's kind of spraying a couple drives off to the right when I was watching her and was kind of, you know, doing the film thing, looking at the swing afterwards, like was clearly grinding and wasn't in a great place. Um, but I just remember like I filmed a couple of her swings and was kind of like trying to time up when to press record. And like she just kept standing over, standing over, and I was like, "Oh, this doesn't, that doesn't quite, quite feel right." So, yeah, um, didn't get Weird. to watch my play, but yeah, just can't figure out what's going on there. Hate to hate to say the Y word, but hopefully it's not that. Yeah, um, I think that's officially all I got <laughs> on KPMG Women's PGA. Uh, if you can't tell, it was it got my juices flowing a little bit this week. You know, just being out there in in person and. Uh, and uh, just the players' excitement for people to be out there covering it, you know, like like we were, like that. I don't know. That really that really resonated with me. And and anyways, so on to travelers. Legit, all I got to see was the 18th hole, and then into the playoff. I don't know if you guys have more that you saw to this point. I saw Bubba kind of melting down on the second screen I had going today. Well, I was I was watching on a flight. I was flipping back and forth between NBC and CBS, and they almost almost like synchronized the. Uh, booth interview with the CEOs of KPMG and, and travelers. And I was, you know, I was like, man, that is some, some serious price fixing from a coverage standpoint. Um, 
But uh, I saw, you know, Bubba seemed to be vibing. And then the flight lands, I get off the plane and I look, you know, like I get my bag and I go out to catch a ride. And it's like, he's made three bogeys in a row, then a double. And I mean, just ejection. So I don't, I didn't see it. Did he, was he freaking out or like what, you know, did you guys, you know, uh, any knowledge I, of that? I, I, I don't think he, you know, this wasn't a pray for, shout out the original, I think, pray for Ted Scott. Uh, was that coming from? This tournament? That was the 16th hole at this tournament back in like 2011 or something like that. Yeah. I think Bubba has more perspective these days. I, I don't think it was a freak out situation, but I didn't, I, I wasn't watching. So I don't know exactly how he got himself in all that trouble. He laid up on the 13th hole, a par five from 243. Um, it's, there's water involved. I'm guessing he just had a bad number and didn't want to, want to, you know, go for it. Ends up making par there. Then bogey's 14, bogey's 15, bogey's 16, double 17, and bogey's 18 uh, to finish T19 when he was in the lead. Um, so, listen, that's not good. Um, <laughs> not good. Not good. But we do get a, some dramatics on the 18th hole where Harris English drains a putt from, I can get the exact distance, 27 feet, 8 inches to get to 13 under par. Kramer Hickok uh, is in the final group, hits a lob wedge to eight feet, 10 inches, also makes birdie. They go into the longest playoff I can remember watching uh, in my life, eight playoff holes where Harris, <laughs> Kramer Hickok made eight pars. Harris English makes seven pars and finally makes a birdie to win. Uh, I, I honestly, God, it took me a second. I'm like, who, wait, who won? I don't remember who won. <laughs> I remember the tying. I don't remember who won. Yeah. Well, it was a it was a putting clinic. I mean, I was I was watching it here in the hotel the entire playoff, and yeah, I mean, yeah, it didn't line up with our schedule for tonight, so it was like, come on, somebody end it. But I was I was locked in once it got to like fourth, fifth playoff balls. Like this is this is some good drama, you know. It was, it was a nice. We hadn't had a, a good playoff like that in a while. Honestly, this is where I get a little. I, I don't. It's like a perverse joy, I guess. Not joy. Joy is not the right word, but. Like Kramer Hickok, there's no guarantee Kramer Hickok's ever going to win a PGA event, and and he will potentially forever be haunted by a couple of lip outs in, in the playoff. Um, but cool. I gotta think he's he's he didn't leave anything out there. Like if those putts had gone in, they would have been like yeah, I'm with you there. Epic makes it. It's yeah. not like he he didn't lose that playoff. So I I didn't feel bad at the end when he didn't win because he got beat. He didn't lose it. You can't say though if you you just make one birdie in seven tries you win. Uh, I'm sure he would have taken he would have signed up for that odds before the playoffs. Yeah, it. I mean if anything, Harris English had the best. Like it's you know he probably would have been kicking himself because he had a what eight foot birdie putt the hole before he won. If yeah. he had lost it, it probably would have been more a little bit haunting for him. I, I yeah. I, I just think it's interesting. Yes, no, sorry. I just think it's interesting though. Like a guy like Hickok who. You know, Harris has won before, uh, likely will win again. Like Hickok, eh, that might have been the look. I mean, many are saying Harris is truly too big to fail, two-time winner this year. I mean, Randy, we may have to regulate him. You know, he's getting too big. <laughs> let's let's rate him in. When Hickok had his long-range putt that was a, an inch away from the hole, rolling towards the hole, and Harris English hadn't played yet, buried in the lip of the bunker, <laughs> yeah. like – his winning percentage had to be above 99% because that ball was in. I don't know how that putt missed. And still, like, imagining even if that goes in, you know, English needs to hole out from the bunker. Not going to happen. Uh, even then, English still needs to get it up and down. And it lips out somehow. And English gets it up and down actually pretty easily with an absurd bunker shot. 
that was when it was like, I don't, I don't, it's like, I don't think it's going to happen for Hickok. I just don't, I don't think he survived that and go out and win that. Is it normal for, for the guy because he's farther away, but he's putting to go first in the playoff? Yeah. Whoever's furthest away should go, should definitely go first in a playoff. Even if one guy's not on the green. Correct. Yeah. Okay. All right. I, that kind of took me by surprise. Um, It's a match play situation at that point. A true, true match play. Okay. Thank you. It actually was a match play situation once it got to, once it got to the playoff, a lot of people ask writing in asking about that. But um, I have one other thing that I, and I think it's an obvious take that, you know, it's it's regard in regards to Jason Day, and I I can feel we, before we get can we finish the playoff before we get to Jason yes, Day? Yes, for sure. So <laughs> I thought we were done with it. I mean, it no. you know, no, the playoff uh, will never end. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Can we can we definitively say this? Because I I I've always wanted to make fun of the 18th hole at Travelers, but it does always give us moments. Officially, after seeing it that many times, can we declare that hole just stinks? stinks. Like it's just a, a dead straight, boring par four with no strategy to it, and it's driver wedge, and it's not even that birdieable when they put the pin where it is. It's it's stinky. I'm I'm with you. Other than the other than the Coliseum feel with all the yeah. fans around the edges, I think it that's I think that might be the reason it creates drama, just because it's a good viewing experience. That's a that's a, a piece of it, I think. I, they got to get to the 15 somehow. Is that? Have you guys been, Solly? Have you been there? Is it no, like never been. really far away? Uh, it's not far away. I think it's just like getting fans to and from, which kind of going back to 17 is silly. Even I mean, they just do the 18th all over a million times if you have to. It's not like 17 is that exciting either. Um, it, it just it just didn't. I don't know. It didn't generate a, a lot of exciting golf there coming down the stretch. I agree. If you can go to 15, that would make a lot more sense, especially. Give it one more chance for you know that rough just left of the green to catch some balls heading towards the water, uh, you know which is what what fans want to see. <laughs> so, uh, saw plenty of balls get held up uh, in in the left rough left of fifteen again this year, which is just a, a treat to see as always. But I, I love it. Uh, I was hoping it would go to Monday. I, I wanted. I will say like. It was almost kind of punch drunk, funny at the end of the crowd getting into it, doing the wave, yelling, screaming, like, you know, chanting for Kramer Hickok for the most part. And, you know, almost doing like baseball, like rally claps in the background and stuff. That was that was very much like on the on, you know, as we are really welcoming fans back into sports. That was very much like a, we missed you guys a lot in, in, in golf tournaments, especially like bringing excitement to it. If there was no fans, that would have been one of the most dull two hours of golf you could possibly have imagined, I think. Yeah, I had I had enjoyed, you know, watching it. And I enjoy, I'm with you there. I enjoyed watching the fans get jolly. It's always, you know, the, the, the drama was just how long it was going, which is upping the stakes every hole, yes. which is great. The, the fans were out for Kramer, the underdog story. That's what the fans truly love to see. Did you guys see what Brandel tweeted? I'm sorry. I just the more I thought about that, I'm like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Your life or just this week? Because uh just this week. Yeah, that's yeah. a bit of hyperbole. Yeah, he was like, Oh, the fans chanting Kramer, Kramer. Uh, you know, truly people love the underdog just as much as you know the marquee players. This is why the super league misses the mark. And I was like, huh? Like, yeah. nah, I don't. I, I think Jack Reacher. One, Connecticut's a, a gambling state. Shout out DraftKings. So I'm sure, and I'm sure most of those people have been well lubricated uh, for a few hours. Uh, I, I think that probably has more to do with it. Yeah, and also like, did you guys learn anything about Kramer Hickok? This, this, you know, other than he has a somewhat close assimilation with Jordan Spieth. 
Uh, I, like, I've learned that he's in deep with Discovery Landco. He's got a different Discovery Landco property on his hat every day, which is actually kind of a clever sponsorship by them. They're just like, you know, change up instead of having the same the logo. Ravel, you're the Ravel of sponsors. Of he really is. I, really I find that stuff. I find it. I find it interesting. You know, you're always like, giving free shout outs. You're always giving. You're, I'm well, I just didn't, I didn't expect to see, you know, the maybe the highest end you know, development company. I, I don't know. It just, it kind of just caught me off guard and I was like, Oh, well, that's a different property than it was yesterday. I don't know. His, Sorry. His, his um, biggest takeaway. You guys want me to have it, observations. That's how, that was an observation I had. I, 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 I stared at his hat for two hours. There wasn't much else to think about. His biggest takeaway from the women's PGA was that Trader Joe's was sponsoring two. Of the <laughs> that women. was also, that wasn't my biggest takeaway. That was a takeaway is that Trader Joe's notorious for not advertising anywhere on the internet is sponsoring LPGA players. Two of them. Uh, I yeah, that who, was interesting. Who just uh, Mo and I think Pernilla. Pernilla, yeah, yeah. Pernilla yeah, Lindbergh. Yeah. They're on yeah. her sleeve, and I just thought that was fascinating. That was also a personal thing because they're like notorious when I was at Google for like giving the middle finger to Google. Like we will never spend money on digital ads. We will we will put that money back into lower prices for our customers. Just just like this is know. my fault for bringing it up. This is so, totally my fault for bringing it up. Uh, so yeah, I mean, you know, you you're you're asking me for takes. I got a few, and they're sponsor related. Sorry. <laughs> The, the Ian Baker Finch unironically said that because the last playoff that went five holes was won by Jordan Spieth, that that might give Kramer Hickok the advantage. I rewound it. He said advantage. You might, no. I mean, you might have the advantage, but you know, the last five hole playoff was won by Jordan Spieth. It's good, but the, the Spieth friend tree is going to look like Belichick's tree by the end of his career. Like anybody tangentially related to Spieth, the is West Coast, get, yeah, is going <laughs> to get the West credited. Coast offense for for uh for being friends with him and, and pounding that storyline in but what was uh, was kramer or harris i was kind of blacked out there uh for a second which one did ibf say had to be a good bloke because somebody's brother introduced him to his now wife did you guys catch that one i think that was kramer i thought that was kramer as well yeah yeah it was like all i could think was like a true like what if they shot you in the face like well what if the brother's an asshole he's like <laughs> you know that, that doesn't mean that doesn't mean anything well then Dottie, she got in on the action saying that that kramer his mannerisms look like speeds when he was hitting that bunker shot you know about, <laughs> yeah it's like, so, really like they're like they're related like, yeah oh, it's like i don't related. think that's the i don't i guess i mean you know a lot of golfers waggle you know nervous energy i i don't know there, uh, but that's a, I mean, eight holes. You're trying to fill, you're trying to fill some yeah. air there. So like that, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give them a pass on. They're, they're reaching. They're, they probably ran out of their notes for stuff on Kramer Hickok. You know, it's a classic like Vern in the booth. Who the hell is Happy Gilmore? Those, those, well, fe those FedEx profiles are are only really yeah. surface level. <laughs> the FedEx file it cuts <laughs> off pretty quick. We got two hours. I think you can work in and mention that Kramer Hickok also has the same swing coach, works with the same group of people at Altus as Jordan Spieth does. If you want to do the Spieth thing, like, you know, explain some things about him, where he, you know, where he plays out of. I, I learned nothing other than they bought a huge ass bottle of wine when they went to Napa and, you know, that they were waiting to open it or whatever. And I don't know. It's like, honestly, I was like, fuck, am I going to have to like come up with some Kramer Hickok takes tonight? Cause I'm, I, I haven't learned anything from this broadcast from him, but anyways, that's, I think he was my young hitter at some point. It might be mine. He was yours. Are you sure? Positive. Yes. Okay. I had somebody, I don't know anything about your team members. Yeah. Somebody that looked like him. I had, I don't know. Yeah. 
You, you're you're, you're relying on the broadcast. You're relying on the broadcast for takes on on Kramer. Hitchcock. Yeah, that's disgusting. That's Sully. disgusting. Randy you just you should have uh, like, like, claim once. him. You're not don't having you one dare, on one Sully. Yeah, don't you dare, Sully. That's disgusting. I'm running away with the Fred X Cup. <laughs> I'm running away with DraftKings. I need somebody to challenge me in something. Come on. You're not running away in the F1 standings, though. No, that's right. That's rigged. Uh, Neil, what did you want to say about Jason Day? I wanted to just – what I want to say about Jason Day is that if you're hurt, take some time off and get fixed. But I I'm, I, I do get sick of every time he hits a bad shot is when his back hurts. Mm. It's not when he hits a good shot. And if he's hurt, I uh, yeah, I appreciate you're playing through pain. But it's it's just over the top with the theatrics or the, you know, the grimacing. But it's only on the bad stuff, even on like a bad putt. And it reminds me of – you know, playing high school and sports and the guy that gets beat over the top, the corner, then he grabs his hamstring, you know, in one-on-one drills. It's like, it, it's only when something goes wrong, then something's now something wrong with me. And I just got, I hated that kid when I played, you know, whatever kid, everyone had that kid on their team. And I just, it just bugs me because I don't want to like, I don't want to rag on Jason day if he's hurt, but he's not doing himself any favors by selectively, you know, grimacing that it's, that's what it feels like to me. It's, and maybe he, maybe, yeah, some of the bad shots he hits cause he's in pain. I'm sure that's obvious, but if, it, you know, if you got a back problem, it probably hurts when you hit it good too. Right. Like, I don't know. It's just that. So sorry, I'm going to get off my soapbox now. No, I love that take Neil. I, I will stand behind you 1000% on, on that. I, I am the same way. I, I have no patience for the people that selectively are in pain, you know, like, nah, come on. You guys would not have been friends with me in high school because every time I got beat <laughs> on the wing was just oh god the ankle I just can't can't get moving. Take on it, it away, take it away. You got you know it, it's it, if you want if you're playing through pain I appreciate that but don't tell me about it every time something's going wrong you, and you only know, when it's going wrong. You know who's related to that, Solly? Speaking of basketball, is like where's my help, guy? Like well, yeah, where's my help? Like you just got like. <laughs> Toasted on like a backdoor cut or something. Where's the slide? Oh, where, where's my help? Huh? Who's got my? Yeah, it's like, oh god, come on, man. Yeah, yeah. Gosh, I was a bad teammate. No, the more, <laughs> the more points you guys keep making. But want to give a shout out to uh, Bryce Garnett's week. Uh, I've never seen this. Uh, he had minus 0.2 strokes gained off the tee, minus three strokes gained approach, minus 1.6 strokes uh, around the green. He finished T5 because he gained 13.9 shots on the green, almost 14 shots, one of the greatest putting weeks I can ever honestly ever recall seeing. Negative and everything but putting, T5. Like, that just does not happen. That's um, awesome. Maybe a boss of the Moss situation. Could be. Aaron Wise has got some more uh, putting stuff going on. I, I, oh. I, 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 didn't, I didn't accumulate it this time, but... He missed a lot of putts uh, today. I lost almost five strokes on the greens today. It's very much a, a bad thing he's got going on there. Um, you guys want to do some Ryder Cup? No. Sure. Thought you'd never ask. I think it's time. Uh, this sec- segment is brought to you by our friends at BMW, who are, of course, partners of the Ryder Cup, partners of ours. We're uh, going to be having many, many Ryder Cup uh, conversations throughout the year. And uh, our friends at BMW are the ones bringing it to you. This is how they want to use their advertising space by getting us to talk about the Ryder Cup, which I think is pretty awesome. Something we would have done anyway, so joke's on you, BMW. Um, <laughs> I don't have the updated standings with Harris English. I, I got them. Oh, you do? Yeah. No, 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 no sorry. Updated? No, they're not. Sorry. 
I, I got a little ahead of myself. I thought so too, but it looks is like... Is he a lock, Solly? Is he a lock? That's the question. Well, is no, Harris English I'm... a lock for the Ryder Cup? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I think these are updated because they have him up three spots. I saw, I see that too, but I had him at uh, 13th before. I, I, I looked at it earlier today, and he was, he was 13th. Okay. So it's not updated just yet. I think he'll move up. Uh, see one one point three today, so he'll probably move up to around ninth in the standings, ahead of Finau, which is kind of mm-hmm. what I had this on the agenda to start from the mm-hmm. beginning of the week. Because DJ, who's not here tonight, mm-hmm. very much just threw out there like, "Come get your boy." Like I don't think he should be on the Ryder Cup team. And I was like, "Well, listen, I'll listen to that." He's not playing very good golf right now. And DJ got upset because I didn't fight back. So I know now. I know it's all an act. He's just. He's just throwing that out there just to get me all riled up. But Her- we, we, we were disappointed of, he didn't fight back. In, instead of uh, is he a lock? Is Harris English on your team right now? I think is a uh, a a more fun question. The the re- uh, the recency bias is he a lock? Is I think it's yeah, more recency more bias to do is he on your team right now though? Neil, are you taking him to Wisconsin with you? Looking at this list, I mean, I think I. Uh, but then he got he went through the wilderness there for a while after he won in Hawaii. You know, go like right now if the Ryder Cup was next week and I'm the captain, yeah, I'd probably pick him. Probably take him. And like, you know, over a guy like Berger, you know, or like Webb's not showing a ton of form. I don't know. I, I think I'd take Harris English if it was next week. When you say over a guy like Berger, you're talking about the dude that's seventh in strokes gain putting uh, or strokes gain total for the year, Daniel Berger? Uh, yeah. I am. Same guy. That's the <laughs> guy. Oh, if you're telling me Daniel Berger is seventh in I'm just saying games, if you're if you're yes. telling me that the tournament is tomorrow or next week, you know, I think that you are I would argue that Harris English is, you know, had a he's had a, a great last three weeks. I feel like he's been in you know, he was he did good at Congaree, obviously just won here. Like he's showing a ton of form and he's won twice this year. So it's not like a flash in the pan situation. I agree. It's not a flash it's not a flash in the pan situation. Uh, I just think it's where he kind of lets nets out along in the lines of true strokes gained is right along with Kevin Streelman. And that's okay. always, always the perspective I urge people to have when, it, when somebody is coming off a great week of like, yeah, like that, that was a great week. Of course, like he's playing some really good golf overall. H- how does his profile fit where we're going to be doing in three months? That's a question that uh, as fans, we of course need to answer. Maybe burgers, the wrong guy, but like, in over Finau, I mean, I'm looking at this list like it's it's tough. It's stacked, right? So I'm thinking like Finau, Webb. I mean, I I want Reed on the team just for the you know for the drama. Wait, for, are you for wait, the goods? Are you taking Finau? Is that a, is that an affirmative? From no, you? I would say that I would probably take Harris English over Finau or or I think I take out Finau, keep Burger on is what I'm basically I'm I'm okay walking back my Burger switch out <laughs> how's your burger uh <laughs> Dude, i'm hawking on my burger <laughs> you did hawk on the burger uh, uh sorry i thought the i thought an interesting one maybe you guys covered this a little bit so i apologize but we got to talk about the guy in 17th right now phil mickelson mm. are you taking him to wisconsin no oh why it's a what? it's an exhibition for for fan. It's an entertainment product. You have to take him. So we're not trying to win it. Well, yeah, of course we're trying to win it. Phil's Phil's who you would take to try to win it. Hell yeah. What? 
Okay. Has he been a has he been a traditional traditionally great Ryder Cup player? No, but nobody has been. And that's where I think So why you are the king of like all new blood. So do not give me fifty one. Well, all new blood. <laughs> no, all, not. All new all blood, blood plus Phil. Exactly. Phil. That's I've been very consistent on that. All new blood plus Phil. Is Phil doing some blood spinning of any kind? <laughs> Who knows? Do you but, know what his his comp would be on on a strokes gain perspective? No, but he's 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 Michael such Thompson. A, oh, he's such a he's such a he's a field he's, player. He's such a unicorn. That's exactly right. He's so, like Big T. So good in the team room. Come on, he can be in the team room. He can be an assistant captain, which is probably oh, what he's destined to be. Don't make him an ass captain. He he's he just won a major. Well, how did he do in the last major? Like what? It, what is cut. that? He made the cut. What does that have to he do with anything? Cut. What does him having winning a major in in May have to do with anything? Well, I, I, to me, it means his best is still world class. And what and what guarantee can you give me that his best? No, I can't. Up? No, I can't. None. I can't. But but I can. I I don't think you can make a guarantee about anybody on this U.S. team having their best show up. But give me high floor guys. That's my thing. It's like oh, we don't. No, 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 no. High yes. floor is boring. No, high floor gets you beat. You know what? Uh, Thirteen and a half to no. uh, whatever the math is. I no. I don't. I don't need high floor. I want boomer bust, baby. Then you're gonna bust, and <laughs> we bust every year. No, but the one time we might Break boom. The <laughs> <laughs> and we'll all be living large. No, I just love it. You got to take Mickelson. Uh, no doubt in my mind. I'm I'm bringing him to Wisconsin. So are you taking Harris English if it's if it's next week? If it's next week, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, coming off a win, coming off the U.S. Open, playing well, is he, he do, has done everything well. Especially this week, he drove it good, approach good, chipping good, putting good. There's no weaknesses there. Um, a, a playing a, a golf course that's going to play very similar to a PGA style golf course. Then he is Mr. PGA Tour, and you know now he's even mixing in a little bit of major championship success. Uh, he would not be a lock in in my in you know, on my team, but I think he's got to play good, more golf for another two months, you know, to be really strongly considered that team, because we've seen how fast, like somebody you can, your enthusiasm for a Tony Finau can fizzle out because you just got to play good golf. It's just, it just comes down to that. So um, what, who are you bumping then? I think we can all agree. Like, right. It's gotta be Patrick Cantlay. That to me, that's the guy where it's like, I, I don't know something about him at the end of the day. Uh, what I get from him never quite matches like where he is in the standings or his career to date. He, he leaves a little bit lacking for me. And I hate saying that because uh, I wanted him to be like a total killer. Gosh, I wish I had known, seen those rankings when I compared him to, you know, fourth on the strokes game list. I wish I had seen the big Randy rankings that just didn't like that, you know, didn't like that. He was the fourth <laughs> best in the world at getting the ball in the hole. I didn't know you didn't like how he did it. Well, I would have changed draw- my opinion on that. Cause he didn't win enough. If he's that damn good, oh, he should win more. Here we go. The winning That's thing. The bottom line. Bottom line. I take it away. I don't need him. Randy basically coming. wants the like 30 for 30 the, the the Miami team. He wants the U. He wants a, he just wants like big personalities, just tons no. of tons of big bad American flair. He wants <laughs> he wants to take your outlier week and put you on the team based on that on a selective basis of I like you in this week, but I I can ignore these five bad weeks you had. I just like this one good week you had. That puts you on the team, and if you do good in those other five weeks and you're a great player, it doesn't matter to me. That's, that's Randy's logic. Uh, that's kind of it. I'm out here mining. And, and I mean, you know what? We're going to coach him up week of. No, we're going to coach him up. As someone who's ridden for Cantlay all year and and, and want to see it, I feel like he's crowned a little bit in these rankings by the win at Memorial. Uh, Solly, I hear you because I, I feel the same way. that he's he. I think he is a killer. 
and I want him on the squad, but the you know Rom so getting COVID. Neil's rankings throws out the win. Like they, <laughs> the win doesn't no, count. I'm saying that. I mean, Rom was he did get he, crowned. He got crowned, right? Like he he won the tournament because Rom got <laughs> kicked it, kicked out. He said, "Go how home." Gain works though. That's that. Like he is still getting the ball in the hole in the same rate, I, regardless of whether John Rom is there. So. I, yeah, I know, but he's got a little bit of like it's kind of like Xander a little bit, where it's like you're. I mean, just so consistently in the top 20, top 10, top five, and then, but not breaking through with a, you know, defining win in a while. Cause I wouldn't call the Memorial a defining win because, you know, the guy that was up by six couldn't finish and, the tournament. And if there was a correlation of any kind that showed the amount of times you win on the PGA Tour and, and your success in match play in the Ryder Cup, if there was any of that, I could subscribe to that. But, Tiger Woods has a losing record in the Ryder Cup and has won one more stroke play events than than anyone. So, I, well, and I go back to I want to stand up for this is end of the day this is an entertainment event and it's an exhibition mm-hmm. and I, I think it's a disservice to fans to not bring the biggest and best personalities, especially when they've won a major this year. And like Spieth, Spieth is absolutely a lock. Spieth, Spieth could miss every yeah. cut now until the Ryder Cup, and I'm still yeah. taking him. Yeah, how can we make it more like the dream team? You know, this like they need to have, I don't know, like USA Basketball gets together for, you know, practice and, and summer summer workouts. And they need to make – I'm with you, Randy, a little bit. Make it more of a spectacle instead of this like two years of rankings. And I don't know. It could, I, I'm, I'm way, way in on all – you know, captain's picks. Let's start there. I think that's a that's an easy way sure. to make we it. Can, better, I think but. I think that's bipartisan. I think we can get everybody to agree on that. So you're you're taking Cantlay out and putting Phil in, still ignoring Zalatoris, ignoring no, Harrison. Uh, no, I'll put no, let's put Zalatoris in. I got a lot of guys to carve out. Finau has no chance. Cantlay, you're gone. Sorry. Uh, honestly, Berger doesn't do much for me, Neil. I would have ridden for your original take. Like he doesn't need to oh come. My God. Uh, <laughs> Webb, I actually kind of like. It's weird. Webb's Webb's. You gotta have a little like dad energy now. out there. Yeah. Wisconsin. So let's bring out Taurus. Hell, I'm ready to bring Matthew Wolf. Another good showing. Uh, between now and September, <laughs> let's let's bring him. I'll even bring my guy Max Homa. Let's get him some reps, baby. Put him in the spotlight. <laughs> Sink or swim time. Oh my God. Throw Chaz on the list. Guy plays hard. I regret this. I, I gonna, well, song. no, that's what Solly wants. Solly wants like high floor, boring. Oh, he's you know don't low call variance. Chess boring. Don't don't you dare call Chess boring. I, it's very clear to me why you are last in these DraftKings bets, and I'm first <laughs> right now. Like I'm trying to win. I won <laughs> it last year. I will have people know I won it last year. Just it's been an off year for the big guy. Sometimes it booms, and then sometimes it buzz. Um, all right, next segment. Uh, God, I can't recover from that. All right, this is our Cal. We do this once a month. Our uh, what's in the bag segment brought to you by our friends at Callaway. Uh, we've been doing a little experimenting. This is a, a topic that is hot in the world of golf. Uh, potentially, uh, some questions as to whether or not it should be legal. Uh, we had two experts on the ground. The Strat Boys. Randy's a big arm lock putter here, uh, but Neil ordered an arm lock putter. Has messed around with it. He's going to tell us a little bit about his experience with arm lock putting. I did. I did. You know, I I just a training aid. Wanted to test it out. Uh, I got the arm lock with the um, Odyssey, like the seven head, the same like claw one, which is essential for me. That 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 putter head. I don't know if I'll ever change from it because 
I love the mallet feel and I have to have something that I can scoop putts with because I'm not good enough. I don't make enough putts. So the, the square mallets with, with no way to scoop it, you got to bend down to pick up, you know, something that's been given in a match is that's not going to work for me. Uh, but first, Randy, I want this on the record. Should it be legal? The arm lock? 100%. Yes. <laughs> but since it isn't and it is within the rules, I have no issue with people testing it out um or using it on tour clearly it's it's uh you know you're, you're playing for a lot of money out there those guys should be trying to do whatever they can especially if they uh if they don't put it well um so yeah i picked it up and i played with it for probably 18 27 holes and i putted well especially short range uh difficult a little bit once you get farther away from the hole i felt like the the lags were you know it would take a lot more work but overall went back to my uh, normal putter, which is actually a 34 inch Odyssey seven, because it makes me bend my knees kind of a little shorter putter. Um, and I found that I've been putting great since I used the arm lock. Cause I kind of got my left shoulder. I felt like it helped my stroke to almost use it as a training aid and get a different look and then go back to, you know, my old putter. And now I'm, I'm feeling great with that. So if that, if my putting gets cold, I think I'm going to go back to the arm lock and just get the honeymoon thing going where I, uh, switch back and forth. I think in the past I've been too married to uh, my putter, which is named Keisha, you know, but when things get rocky with Keisha, maybe you got to go on a walkabout for a little while, see what's up and then come back, you know, and, and, uh, and mix up. I got to be quicker to mix it up on the putting greens. Uh, but I found that the arm lock for me, hence the name lock, it made me way too rigid. And I'd like to be a little bit more of an athlete. I'm a field player, I like to be a little bit more of an athlete when I'm putting. Uh, and so I'm back to uh, back to my, my uh, first love, Keisha. Which which arm lock? Which putter did you get with the arm lock? I got the the seven the seven the same putter head that you have, Solly. The um you know the claw kind of mallet putter. Fangs so is what I call them. The, yeah. Fangs, yeah. So same head, and I think it's forty five inches. I don't know, Randy. I think you have the same or similar one, but it sounds like you don't you don't lock it. You're still doing the uh, the saw. What do you call it? The saw grip. The paintbrush. What's what's your uh, what's your putting stroke looking like these days? <laughs> Not good, I'll tell you that. Uh, You're the artiste. I, I think the paintbrush is the best. I yeah. I, I'm not arm locking. I have way too much respect for just the sanctity of the game to ever arm lock. Uh, but I do have an arm lock putter. But what I do is it 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 the length of it helps, so I don't have to bend over as much. It's a little bit of a back saver. And I put my left hand near the top of it, and then I claw separated my hands i claw down the with the right down the uh the grip a little bit but what i found hard is you know those those arm locks you have to forward press them so that the putter has a lot more loft so i'm always trying to forward press my my uh my separated claw grip it, a little bit i it might be too clever by half um i just needed a different look i was like you i, I was getting a little stale with with my um with my carl marksman um but i i gotta say i don't know which one i'm gonna use for uh our big tourist off season coming up I, I i don't know i would say i felt to me like guys that have gone to the arm lock probably weren't good putters to begin with or maybe it you know hear me out here maybe they weren't the best athletes to begin with because Ooh. there's no feel involved to it right it is very for at least for me or maybe i'm doing it wrong there's no it, it takes like it, it makes it a very mathematical thing is, is how I felt like, you know, you're, you're turning into like a, a robot pendulum and that just isn't a great feel for me and, and how I play golf. I guess I fancy myself an athlete. Um, but it doesn't feel like guys that, you know, 
are using it, maybe they maybe they don't have the the best feel. Uh, but I do think it's a great training aid, and I think it's helped my stroke. So there. <laughs> so are you no, apologizing but... for it or no? No, I'm not apologizing for nothing. I don't. I don't have anything to apologize for. I, I'm glad. I, I'm. I'm thrilled that I. I have it as an option, and I've. I've tested it out because I've been really curious about it because it. It does seem to be a game changer for certain guys out there on tour. And if, if these guys, if pro golfers are doing it, I, I'm kind of shocked that more amateurs aren't using the arm lock putter, because I. It seems like a a ton of professionals are doing it, and you don't see a lot of them. Like I was at a PGA Superstore a couple of days ago. I didn't. I saw maybe one or two out of like 500 putters around the putting green in there that were arm lock. So it doesn't. It's funny to me that it hasn't transitioned down into the uh, amateur ranks. I think everyone's got their baby when it comes to putting, and like you can go to the putting green, you can do an arm lock, you can try a new putter, you can do all these things, and everything's gonna. It's gonna feel awesome. Like it's gonna feel just like that. You're gonna feel freed up. You're gonna feel like an athlete. Then you go put that under the gun. And it doesn't always, it's not going to respond the same way it does in the putting green. You got to get totally used to a in the flow, in the adrenaline putter that works for you. And just watching like Xander try that with the arm lock last week just didn't, that didn't match up. And I think you kind of went through that um, in terms of like putting you back in touch with why you love your gamer. Absolutely. You but I don't know. There's something to this arm lock thing that I think is eventually going to get it banned. Um, and I agree with like, I kind of want to try and mess around with it just a little bit, just see the feels to see why everyone's switching to this yet. Uh, I, I don't see it as something that I would be interested. In but then if that. they ban that, I, I, I was, I, maybe we were talking about, it or I read, read it online somewhere that the cross hand, like the left hand low, couldn't that be considered arm locking? Like where do you, how do you define the arm lock? Because like, you know, technically if you got your left hand below your right on, and you're, you know, a right-handed player, like you're kind of pinning it to your arm as well in a way. Yeah, I, I, I don't think so. I think like your hands are still on the club. Your hands are still the only thing on your club. If you're left hand low still, right. If it's, if the butt of the club is touching your forearm, that's, that's, I think the argument that for why it shouldn't be allowed is it is using something that is got, that is helping you swing the club, which swinging the club should be the art. Right. And then you can't use your body in a way that helps you swing the club better. Um, and it, 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 that's kind of the argument against, you know, why the belly putters were outlawed or why anchoring is outlawed is it is using your body and not your hands to swing the club better. So I don't know. Anyways, great experiment. Thank you for, for going I would, through and it. I would and encourage other people, if, even if it's yeah. not arm lock, experiment with the putter. If it's not working, change it up. I I've been, you know, very guilty of being married to, uh, something that's not working and, uh, you know, there's no, there's no shame in, in giving a, giving yourself a different look for a while. Hmm. Any other notes to clear out from the week from you guys? Uh, Victor Hovland won the BMW in Germany, um, sent it on 18, despite having a lead into the, into the, the final hole par five there and uh, went on to win, hold off a, a charging Martin Keimer. Um, got an alert from the PJ tour app about Ricky's perspective on the child he hasn't had yet, which is a new one for me. Uh, I think they're actually trolling us with the literal use of the word perspective. Uh, Steve Strucker won on the, uh, champions tour on the Bridgestone senior players. Um, and we, then we, lastly, go ahead. No, sorry. We briefly touched on it, but Symmetra, Megan McLaren, yep. uh, won on that tour, which is fantastic. And then Vincent Norman um, finished fifth in Germany. He was playing Division Two golf a year ago, transferred to Florida State, played just insane golf for them. I watched him just murdering the ball when he won the Timaquana Collegiate a few months ago here in Jacksonville. 
turned pro, already making moves, finished fifth in, uh, like I said, in Germany. Made a hole-in-one on a par four this week, so I wanted to formally welcome him to the Brotherhood. Allegedly. Uh, like the tr- alleged par, par four uh, hole-in-one. Allegedly. Crew. A dude that, like, I don't, I'm not the biggest tracker of dudes, like, making leaps, but this is one that, like, even had agents stunned of, like, nobody knew who this guy was a year ago. And then came to Florida State, took over the like the amateur world, made it to number four in the amateur rankings, turned pro, and is already making moves in Europe. He's Swedish and just absolutely flushes the ball. And I saw his name on the leaderboard. I was like, wait a second, that dude was just in college like a couple of months ago and was playing Division II Southeast Louisiana State or something a, a couple of years before that. And it's a name worth watching, Vincent Norman. So keep track of that one. So and then I'm taked out. That was a busy week, a, a busy week it takes. Busy week. Enjoyed chopping it up with you guys. Yeah, that was fun. Enjoyed it as well. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. um, And uh, we'll see you back here shortly. Almost almost major championship time again. It's almost time for the Open Championship. I'm I'm getting super jacked up for that. So Big big summer holiday. You know, we got the the fourth coming up. It's going to be a good, you know, we're in the, the heat of summer. Love it. Amen. Cheers, boys. Have a great evening. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most.